Hey, here's a news bulletin. Summer's just about over. And guess what? We're headed for fall. And guess again, we're also headed for flu season. Today, on this edition of the QMC Board and Caller, we'll talk about the rapidly approaching flu bug. We're glad you're here. Welcome to the QMC Board and Caller news and thought-provoking discussions for today's emergency medical service provider. The Board and Collar podcast series is brought to you by QuickMed Claims, a national leader in emergency medical transportation revenue cycle management and reimbursement consulting. Now, your host for today's podcast, QMC's Director of Client Services, Gary Harvat. Given that this podcast originates from a desk located in the Northeastern United States, I can tell you that flu season is already beginning to hit here with a vengeance. H1N1 is most likely back to visit and is predominantly prevalent across the United States with influenza AH3 showing up across the southeastern U.S. as well. For those with any type of existing respiratory condition, there have been reports of the ailment greatly affecting breathing to the point of hospitalization and in some cases, presenting with parallel pneumonia diagnoses. On the surface, and in contrast to many emergencies we handle on a daily basis, it would appear that the famous quote-unquote flu-like symptoms alert doesn't cut it. But let's take a step back. A quick check on the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC website, finds the number of deaths in the United States resulting from flu totaling 2,905. Deaths occur at a rate of 0.9 per 100,000 population. The CDC cited a cumulative rate of 9.1 laboratory-confirmed influenza-associated hospitalizations per 100,000 population through the end of week one of 2019. 65 years and older, the hospitalization rate spikes to 22.9 hospitalizations per 100,000. A total of 30 states reported the flu bug being widespread last year. So with that kind of proliferation in a short window of time, it would seem especially given the spike in the over 65 rate of hospitalizations that EMS will see our fair share of inclusion given the severity and the uptick in influenza cases. So how are we going to properly document the medical necessity of a patient in our run sheets when we are transporting as a result of being alerted for flu-like symptoms? Always paint a picture in words about your treatment and transport scenario to meet medical necessity guidelines for payment for Medicare, Medicaid, and commercial insurances alike. I must always remind you that it is vital that the patient's medical condition be documented in sufficient detail using clear clinical documentation. It is our burden to document with enough detail to support when billing that transportation by any other means other than in an ambulance vehicle was contraindicated for your patient. Your task as the patient care provider following a flu-related transport is to describe the patient's condition in full, including all assessments, treatments, and numeric values to objectively provide enough information that there is no question that the patient needed the ambulance to move from one location to the other. Of course, always keep in mind, since we are often referring to older patients in the context of ambulance transportation for flu-related conditions 
with many residing in extended care facilities, it is important to document why the patient could not be adequately treated for their symptoms at the facility where they reside. In short, was the trip truly reasonable in nature given the patient receives some level of professional care at the facility? Now let's brainstorm all the stuff that we need to include in the document on our patient care reports. First, let's talk about respiratory complications. Most likely, we will be documenting lung sounds, breaths per minute, pulse oximeter readings, oxygen delivery, need for suction, use of positive pressure devices, coughing and sputum observations, exacerbation of pre-existing chronic underlying respiratory ailments such as asthma or COPD. Now, let's look at dehydration and fevers. Consider documenting body temperature readings, skin assessments, fluid intake versus output if values are available, such as in a facility setting. Now, nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea. If present, include findings such as duration and onset, color and consistency of solids and or fluids expelled, and volume expelled when compared to fluid intake if this is available. Associated compromise. In the presence of influenza, is your patient causing other complications? If so, be sure to document cardiac monitor readings and interpretations, treatments to counteract secondary to influenza compromise, and of course, never forget the basics, vital signs, GCS, level of consciousness, mental status, critical lab results prior to EMS activation, any associated pain. These things are important to include in each and every PCR you write when you're confronted with a patient with flu-like symptoms. Thanks for joining us today. My name is Gary Harvat. I'm the Director of Client Services with Quick Med Claims. Please feel free to subscribe to all our podcasts. We'd be glad to have you join us again. Thanks for joining us today. Have a great day. And hey, be safe out there.